Well, she is supposed to be protecting the law. Instead, a St. Louis Park police officer is accused of breaking several of those laws. They range from drunk driving to yelling at officers, even urinating in public. Fox 9's Iris Perez live for us in St. Louis Park tonight. Iris, what else is she accused of doing? I'm doing great. <laughs> uh, this world has become so corrupt. As I'm sitting there with a severed head in my hand, talking to it, or looking at it, and I'm about to go crazy, literally. I'm about to go completely flywheel loose and just fall apart let's let's not get let's not get into blood and guts because because that's what you're trying to get into come on fumble butts. bam motherfucker it'll be a miracle if this tape ever is permitted to become knowledge that could spread across the world to even give individuals a chance to know what we have to say oh i suppose you're going to want to sit up all night and talk now i can't wait to make fun of casey about living in friendly Oh, <laughs> dude! Most dangerous suburb. In I Minnesota. was so shocked when he responded to the group threat. Oh yeah, I, I almost forgot he was still alive. To be honest, I love him. I miss him. But Adam, how's Casey doing? I I have no idea. You're his best friend. I don't know. He did. He didn't. He doesn't talk to me no more. Like not even one on one. He don't call me no more. My Should little friend don't want me no more. <laughs> Should we call Casey right now? No, no, no. I'm poor pretty bastard. Sure, I'm sure he's probably working. Attack. Oh, yeah. yeah. Friday night at the casino, I'm yeah. sure he's probably working. He's kicking out drunk s***s <laughs> left and right. Oh, I don't know if I'd call him that, but okay. <laughs> Squat? That's not bad. S***s? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like a little racist, but... <laughs> I will say this. I was shocked when... Uh, Small town murder kept saying savages over and over. I was like, Jesus, all right. I think that's like the worst thing you can call them, isn't it? <laughs> They're gangsters, though. <laughs> yeah, they are. I can't wait to go see them in that's a few weeks. so cool. Fuck, dude. That's like two or three weeks from now. Oh, it's going to be rad. At the varsity, too. Are you going to be nervous about, like, going up and saying hi to them? I don't get nervous around people anymore. No. They're just people. I know. Everybody's just a people. We're all just trying to not... I was, I was just looking at their Instagram, like, because they just did a show tonight, and, like, you know, Jimmy, he's all happy, and then James has got, yeah. got kind of an angry face on him, but he's probably cool as shit. The thing is, is, like, that I've seen them talk about it on Twitter, where Wisman's, like, he retweeted something where it's like, Jimmy is, a like, a golden <laughs> retriever that's just bubbling off the wall, and James Petrangelo is just full of, like, anxiety <laughs> and despair standing there. But he talked about it on episode once. He's like, I love it. I love every second of it. I just look like a, yeah. a scared ass. Sadly, some people just have that face. Yeah. I'm like the, like, don't fuck with me face, but they're probably really cool people. You That's know? exactly it. See, like Jordan, he's got a nice baby face. He's got a nice approachable face. Like everybody wants to talk to him. They want to squeeze him. There's they wanna... nothing behind it. No. Nope. It's just a veneer. Until they start talking to him for five minutes, then they're looking for an escape they're route. Like, oh, <laughs> you're making me very sad. There's no there's no substance here. Just an empty shell of what used to be a person. I, I just Pretty seen, much. I just seen a questionnaire thing. I think it was a joke, but Jordan, I need to ask. Okay, you, you're engaging in a conversation with a stranger. It's awkward. You know it's awkward. Do you? How do you fix it? Do you just keep being more awkward to kind of block out the other awkward, or do you try to like cancel the conversation? Uh, oh shit! I definitely try to cancel the conversation. <laughs> I think I just dig deeper. I know. I was gonna say. I think when something gets awkward, I'm like, shit. I got to get away from that awkward and not make it more awkward. But then it makes it more awkward, and then you're in a hole, and yeah, no, it's I, a fucking mess. I, I try to bail as fast as I can.
There are a lot of points in ca- conversation with strangers, especially where I just want to <laughs> get in like a moving you... car and just jump out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you seem like you're better at it than most people. I like to I like to be on my feet. If, but only if I'm in a good mood. If I'm not in a good mood, yeah. oh, yeah, I have to be ready to be able to deflect strangers away from me <laughs> in a polite way. See, I think you have an advantage because you're a tall, somewhat intimidating man. I wish that was the case, but it makes in old there, people want to come to me more. Well, what are old people? Because you can do? protect them. Old people are like the best at small talk because you had okay, to talk for, when you were old, they were young. Like you didn't tweet somebody; they had to talk, you know, face to face. So they're yeah, good at it. I will say I do love talking to old people. Like when I was fucking tending bar, mm. like oh, <laughs> that my small talk game was on point then. But now that I don't do that anymore, I fucking hate it. What about sure. when you're a beer tender? You should have been rocking that. That's what yeah. you just said. Yeah. Oh. Why do you think you've meant a bartender? Oh. Bartender, beer tender. I just didn't know how to make mixed drinks. I've realized I've never seen enough wasted old people. What? I've seen, oh. I'm serious. Middle-aged people. I've seen them, you know, in Trove's Kids, obviously. Well, you only came to Celts once with Yeah, that's true. Faces. Old people. I've never seen enough, like, shit-faced old people. Oh, it man. seems, like, extremely dangerous oh, because yeah. they're so fragile. Dude, when I was working at Wabasha... Whew, they'd get fucked up? Yeah. There were a few people who were 60-plus that show up <laughs> and just get fucking tanked. That's awesome. And I love those yeah. people. I, I Like, I still go there to drink, and people are just like, those ones are just like, oh, Jordan. I was like, hey, how's it going, so-and-so? What's that hipster game that they have there? Jenga. Not quite that hit. No, that's a less his cribbage. Hip- cribbage, cribbage, right there. Dude, cribbage they- is fun. That's not hipster. That is hipster. You know. AF. No, that's like Minnesota redneck. We were playing yeah. that out in the oh. sticks for like fucking years. Whenever I see people be like, "Oh, beat your ass at cribbage," see, Adam, I think I, I think I know why Cody doesn't like cribbage. Counting exactly yeah. why. A big part of cribbage is counting. Yeah. And you're from Iowa, so right. not your strong suit. Right. Yeah, I guess you got a solid point there. I yeah. can't, it's hard to argue <laughs> with that. Counting. My biggest enemy in life. Uh, second biggest. Reading is your biggest. Yeah. yeah I will as, openly As anybody that. who listens to this knows. <laughs> See, I think they've they've came to love it a little bit. It's just a term of endearment for me now. Surprisingly, Cody's really good at science somehow. It's fucking strange. See? Can't read, you, can't math. You just gotta find your niches in life. That right? boy sure knows the difference between an Erlenmeyer flask and some other science thing. <laughs> I don't know what either of those things you just said was. <laughs> an Erlenmeyer flask and a Bunsen burner. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I have no fucking idea what that is. Welcome to what Jordan learned at Christian High School Science. <laughs> well, I didn't even learn about dinosaurs so I got to seventh grade. So what do you expect, guys? Come that's on. Dude, terrible. I actually I don't know if that's true. You want to know what but... I learned in like my senior year high school yes. fucking science class? What? Here's how much they covered on evolution. Evolution is wrong. So we're gonna go talk about creationism. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my fucking god. You know what something that absolutely blew my fucking mind was like when I was over in England and they had Charles Darwin on their money, mm. I was like, to me, like, maybe that's just like an American thing, but I was like, that is so awesome and so, like, progressive. <laughs> that's so cool, you know, but. Definitely. 
Is he? I'm assuming he's from there, right? Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's a he's a real he's a real British boy. He's a, he's a real man. chav. <laughs> he's a real fucking governor. Oh, his knickers were proper. Oh, they were proper. proper. How about you look? Charles Darwin just walking around getting all the gash. Oh, he's gashing it. Up. He's slaying gash. He says, put that right back in your gob, motherfucker. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Anyway, hello and welcome to another episode of the Bubble Butt Podcast, the only podcast on the internet that uploads weekly. Who knows what it'll be about? Certainly not me. My name is Adam. Sitting across from me and to my left slightly is Jordan. Oh, oh with me first. Squirm, 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 squirm. Hit him with those Because I know songs. Cody hates that shit. Cody's face just turned a hundred shades I, I of red. I hate that fucking noise so much. He has a look of just violence in his eyes. See, he, I have the power to erase all that, so this person, he's going straight Eli Weaver on me. <laughs> yeah, I am. I hate that goddamn noise. Jordan, how are you this week? I'm very well. Very well, very tired, very work heavy. Yes. Very wet hairish. That's yeah, why you Well, are he came right out of the shower. He smells real mm, nice. That's true. But, wearing his Under Armour slides and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and by the time this comes out, I will be the proud owner of a brand new bass guitar that that's I'm right. very, very stoked about. Maybe you should learn to drink a beer from a straw or a sippy cup so you don't destroy Cody, your Cody, I'm a showman. He's a showman. Uh, all but right. we did... We did cover Also, this, I'm sorry. never making that mistake again. <laughs> you ju- you literally did what Adam was talking about earlier. His this comes up before between the bumble, so they have no idea what you're fucking talking about. But it's okay. It's gonna be funny because they're gonna have to wait for four days or three days or whatever to hear the rest of your it's story. It's gonna fucking pay off. Yeah, it, yeah. that's awesome. It's a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger right here. You will all find out on Wednesday why Jordan needed a new base. We're a couple. Uh, we're a couple of George Lucases over here. Is what we're trying to say. Sitting next to Jordan is Cody. Cody, how are you this week? Oh, I'm good. I'm fantastic. It was Halloween week. All the um, delicious horror movies all weekend. Ooh. Or all week, I should say. Correct. Been binging all the Halloweens this week. Killing. Oh, have you? Oh, yeah. Because you were so excited about the film that came out you last wanna... week. Yes. That is... I wish you guys would see that so we can, like, talk about it. Because it's... If you want to go with the hierarchy of, like, the best ones, the original, then that one. All right. I'm going to see if Herschel has it on his stolen thing. And watch it tomorrow it's, after uh, before the I'm going to try to make it to Alamo Draft House dude, on Sunday to watch it. Smart. Dude, it is, it's so good. Like, it's so good. Such a good movie. I love it. I, I would go see it again. But good. You want to go so to the good. Alamo Draft House on Sunday? Dude, just go to AMC. That place has such uncomfortable fucking seats, dude. So with all the yeah, theater but stuff. but then I won't have people fucking pulling out their phones. So with all that theater stuff out of the way, we are going to dive right into the episode as we are 11 and a half minutes into this son of a bitch so far. And that's why we've made another podcast. Here we go, boys. Today, we're going back to Minnesota, back to the heartland. Oh, just, back to where we are currently sitting. I came right. to the conclusion, you just want to give our state a bad name. Yeah, I yeah, want to so. show the violent, terrible, <laughs> awful place that was Minnesota. Yeah. The desolate wasteland. Just, why don't you have peaceful... Loving people like my state that I'm from, Wisconsin. Your state's yes. all fucking inbred and hillbilly serial killers. I That's will, why your fucking state I is. I will strike <laughs> you. But they make cheese. 
They make cannibals and cheese, yes. And chocolate. Oh, Dairy oh, that cows, Dahmer man. made and at the beer. chocolate factory there. Beer cheese soup is that Wisconsin? Oh there yes, go, right. I'll you give you that. Popcorn on top. And, oh. Popcorn. That's yeah. hidden tech. That's hidden tech. I didn't know about. <laughs> oh, dude, popcorn on top of your beer cheese soup? You don't do that. You're fucking up, boy. I can see it. I can definitely see it. Mm. So Minnesota, we're going back to Minnesota. Guess what that means? Another trip with our pal Walter Trenery. We are all big fans of him. This guy's a boss. Comes from Murder in Minnesota by Walter Trenery. He is a monster. And not in a bad way. <laughs> the ones we cover. He's a monster author. Mm-hmm. This book given to me, of course, by Granny, who <laughs> had a out. little bit of feedback on our last episode, <laughs> unfortunately. It's all in fun and games. We love you, okay? Granny. You told me you weren't going to listen to any more episodes, <laughs> and then you betrayed me. You broke your promise immediately and started listening to more episodes. But so, you know what, Adam? It's okay, because she still loves you. Yeah, she was a little salty when I went over there, though. She's got to hold something over your head. Come on. So, uh, one, of you, one of you fellas, one of you called her crazy, said she sounds crazy. I don't know who it is. I don't want to go back and find out, but... Yep, they're both pointing at each other, Granny, so there you go. But they don't mean it. They like you a lot, and we appreciate it because we've gotten a lot of downloads mm-hmm. out of this book that you've given me. Oh, so yeah. Appreciate it. So we're going back, guys. This one I've lovingly called The Case of the Convenient Cliff. I love it All already. Right. little alliteration for your bitch asses. <laughs> I don't mean bitch in a pejorative way either. No. You mean in the in an enduring way, yeah, like you, a Snoop Dogg way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you needed to explain that. <laughs> I'm a meninist. Shut up, bitch. <laughs> I'm a men. Shut up, you bitch. <laughs> hey, you two are being a couple of fucking proper cunts. Oh, proper. Oh, oh. we can. Oh. I didn't say it, Pip. Yeah, it wasn't me. It was Jordan. Send That's him normal hate talk. Mail. Normal talk over in England and <laughs> Australia. It, yeah. You're definitely from one of those two places. I'm not sure which one. Listen, if they can say it, somehow I can you've say offended it. both of them at the same time. <laughs> yeah. For you to fall, somehow we have destroyed progress that this world has made for for a peaceful resolution to all conflicts. <laughs> Gentlemen, on October second, nineteen oh eight. That was a while ago. A long time ago. <laughs> that Roughly was... one ten years ago. I was just gonna say, Mary Fridley. For whatever reason, hitched her wagon to Frederick T. Price to live with him unhappily, but not forever after. Mary was the 21-year-old daughter of David Fridley, a well-to-do pioneer whose grandfather, the northern metro city of Fridley, is named after. Hmm. Now, uh, we know a few (laughs) cats from Fridley. (laughs) Yes, we do. I was literally thinking about this because in his head he thinks it's the most dangerous suburb in Minnesota, which is... The exact opposite. It's probably like one of the nicest suburbs in the city. Mm-hmm. You think Fridley's nice? Oh, uh, it's all right. Well, I think it's low crime. As far as nice, eh. I think it's a piece of junk. Here's yeah. what. I, here's what I think. Okay, south you got Blaine, which is like yeah. the trailer park of the cities, and then north you got like Ham Lake, which is like shout out super fan Amy. She lives there. Does she? Yes, but super that's like Amy. the crazy people. You know area. who else lives there? Ah, uh, Casey's best friend, Paul. Paulie, yes, <laughs> yes. good old Paulie. Yeah, and I don't. I think he's got a few screws loose. Paulie's to be crazy. Yeah, Paulie's a mad mountain man. <laughs> Wait, he's Paulie's not... married now, isn't he? Congratulations, Paulie. What? 
Congratulations. Congrats. Thank you. Uh, so, yeah, Fridley. Spring Lake Park's up there, too, and that's a mm. disgusting mess. Uh, basically, Northern Metro, the way I used to categorize it was anywhere, any suburb where you could see Minneapolis was not a good place to be. That's how I used to categorize things. I completely agree, because St. Paul is a million times better. Definitely. You're not yeah. going to hear me. I'm from this side of the river, baby. This is my this is my stomping ground, baby. St. Paul's a lot more chill than and Minneapolis cool. side is. And yeah. awesome. And cultured. If you can't tell, that's where we're all from. Yeah, because so. we're cool and awesome. And cultured. And cultured. <laughs> Hashtag keep St. Paul boring. Keep St. Paul weird, man. We're Austin part three now, baby. All right, here we go. Fred was 28. He was an ex-convict and a wastrel, separated from his former spouse without the common courtesy of a divorce. Although Mary knew Fred had been married before, she believed him to be divorced. She probably felt that her little Freddie had been mistreated and that she could succeed where her predecessor had failed and actually fix him. Hmm. Never a good, good idea. idea. Never a good no, idea. Always a good idea. Okay. Somebody please fix me. Please. <laughs> please fix me. Okay, remember who your ex-wife is, Jordan, and then see if you can fix anybody, all right? Let's go. Yeah, that's a good point. We can't make fi- Is that is that okay? I don't care. Make shit. jokes. What Why? if she listens? She doesn't listen. I can guarantee <clears throat> she doesn't listen. She's, <laughs> she's going to come suck her blood in the middle of the night. Who gives a shit? <laughs> Shane is going to be eating you, and then she's going to be like, what the hell? I needed this I needed blood. that blood, goddammit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a vampire. You could have gone to the goddamn grocery store. <laughs> Mary did not know, however, about a woman living near her in Minneapolis. Who did not like Mary as much as Mary probably didn't like Fred's earlier wife. So this guy's a bit of a ladder climber, as we can mm. see. Or maybe, I don't know what he is. I guess we'll all we'll find, find out. out. I'm curious. That woman was Carrie Olson, Fred's mistress. Carrie knew that Fred was married, but she ignored this trifling impediment. The two went riding together, walking together, sleeping together, saw plays together. And she expected a monthly sum from him. Uh-oh. So she's a gold digger. Oh, but she ain't messing with no broke broke. <laughs> Almost did it. Almost <laughs> no, did not it. a chance. I knew no. her. I knew where I was going that entire way, Cody. Don't you dare call me a racist. <laughs> I did not. Don't you dare, you son of a gun. <laughs> she also told people the two were engaged to be married in the near future. Never. Well, now she's a liar. Yes. This is reminding me kind of our old dog Cotton here. Oh Remember my his mistress? He, he told her, hey, baby, we're getting married soon. Oh, gee, that's mm-hmm. episode one. In 1914, Fred and Mary had lived together for six years. Although Fred worked as a traveling salesman for a printing house, he resented having to work at all since Mary's father was loaded. The old man has a lot of money. I need it. And I will get it. Price lamented this daily. He was Mm. furious. Needs that money, baby. Dave Fridley was well aware of his son-in-law's attitude, saying bluntly that Fred's chief interest was to get into his bankroll. One of the reasons Fred needed this extraordinary bankroll was he had extravagant extracurricular (laughs) activities to pay for. (laughs) He had given his sweet Carrie Olson a trip to Norway in the spring of 1914, And on her return to Minneapolis in October, she decided she would continue seeing Fred. How nice of her, huh? I wonder how long of a that took to get to Norway in this time. Right. She went in the spring and came back in October. How long was she on a boat? 
Oh, sounds fucking terrible. Like, how long do you get, like, travel all the way there and then, like, oh, a nice two-week okay, vacation? Okay, if, if she went from Minnesota to there, you said you can take a boat from Superior to New York, right? Well, see, I was never, I never actually did the research no. to see if that was man-made or if that's a real thing. Well, either way, you got to go there, then go all the way to fucking, no, holy shit, that's a long fucking ways. That's a hell of a trip. Flying there is like 12 hours now, nowadays. And that sounds awful. Yeah. That sounds dog rough to fly for that long. I don't like being on a plane for that long. It's very horrible, and there's only shitty movies to watch. You're in a tin can breathing (laughs) in other people's farts. Eating, oh, dude, when I, you'd fly overnight, it hits like six in the morning. Everybody's heading to the john. That stench just slowly starts creeping mm. down the hall. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> <laughs> then you get your microwave chicken breast and green oh, beans yeah. in a little pan. Oh. I no. will say this, though. Flying first class. I've done it on American and Sun Country. It is miles above. <laughs> it is so good. And the meal is delicious every time. So you think they get different meals than Coach gets? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Although he knew that Mary would eventually inherit a lot of property, Fred was pissed that he had to wait until the old man David croaked. He discussed this problem with Charles D. Etchison, one of his old scumbag co-worker oh, friends man. who happened to be substantially in debt to him. Price was visiting Minneapolis from Washington, D.C., where he was working, and later had this to say about their conversation. Price reached over with three electric buttons on the wall and said... I wish that three persons you know were electric buttons like these, Charlie. I wish that David Fridley was the first electric button, and that Louise Dye, who was Mary's sister, was the second, and that my wife Mary was the third. Do you know what I would do? I would first press out David Fridley, then I press out Lou Dye, and then I press out Mary Fridley Price. That's a very appropriate Norwegian accent, sir. <laughs> That's a Minnesotan that, accent. That is a, if you've ever heard a Norwegian, that is a Norwegian accent. I will it? slap you in your face. <laughs> slap you silly. You're a fucking Scandinavian. Shut up. Fred was anxious to grasp any money within his reach and began to press Etchison to repay his loan. He convinced Etchison to leave his position in Washington and travel all the way back to Minneapolis to work as basically (laughs) an indentured servant for Price's financial projects. Not good. Fred and Mary had no children, and one of Mary's few outlets for affections was her dog, Chum. Mm. David Fridley, knowing of his daughter's agonizing loneliness and having no doubt in his mind that Fred was at least partly responsible for this misery showered Mary with many gifts. Including a baby. The, whoa. Whoa. <laughs> okay. Yeah, we're just taking this train right off the tracks tonight. <laughs> David Fridley is incest and all over Mary, according to Jordan. <laughs> Cody, do you have any predictions about where this story's going? Outside of Jordan's weird incestuous fantasies? No, I do not. All right. I do, I say, good dog name, Chum. Chum. I like that. Nice. Good name. Nice and simple hey, and chum. to the point. And you can call him Chummy. Hey, Chummy. <laughs> exactly. Apparently, I had an ex-girlfriend once, shout out Tracy, who said that uh, she named her dog Hershey because the E sound at the end is like, will always make them happy. It's impossible to say without smiling. Hershey. Hershey. 
Did oh, she shit. make that up, or is her that shit. a real fact? Well, her name was Tracy for that reason. Her her brother's name was something else E for that reason. Okay, so. all right. I think it, it's a family. Their family sounds full of shit to me. <laughs> yeah, they were they were weird. Let them be happy. You no. sit in your sadness. I'm not happy, therefore you no one thinking, else should be. You keep thinking about your in- incest porn fantasies, all right? <laughs> your your Fridley inspired incest. I, I just have the uh, latest episode of Creep It Real about the hinter. Mm, I yeah. can't remember the name. Yeah, yeah. stuck in my head. <laughs> That's a good because one. that shit was fucking dope. God, those guys are so fucking good. Those, those, gals, those gals. gals. So old David Fridley showering both Mary and Louise in substantial amounts of land. And identical diamond rings, which each daughter had agreed should go to the survivor when either of them died. So David's just spoiling them rotten. Yeah. Rotten. Late in 1914, Mary's father decided to make her an additional gift. On November 25th, Fred Price told a friend that David Fridley was planning to give Mary a substantial amount of money. And that he, Fred, had intended to get it for himself. Her father did make good on that gift by transferring to Mary $10,000 in mixed cash and railroad bonds, which she quickly put in her safety deposit box. Wish I had some railroad bonds. I just wish I had (laughs) $10,000. I'll take any. I'll take it all. (laughs) On the next day, Mary discussed with her brother-in-law, Bill Dye, (laughs) the possibility of making a will, giving a large sum of money to a home for children or aging women. But she reached no definite decision. Let's uh, stay tuned for further updates. Will she give the money to children or old women? I'm uh, I'm hedging on the old women because she could just get it back then. Now, it's been died. a few weeks since I've read through this episode, <laughs> these notes. I'm not sure if this ever reaches a resolution. <laughs> so it's your... It's your See, I, I think the money is going to go to Bill Dye, the Christian guy. Bill Dye, the Christian guy. God. God, God, God. <laughs> Fred Price, of course, could not stand idly by while such a careless charitable act was being committed right in front of his face. <laughs> Charles Etchison became Price's everyday confidant. He would listen to the stories of the Fridley family endeavors, hear stunning tales of his fling with Carrie Olson, and best of all, he could ride in Price's handsome Ooh. 1913 Cadillac Touring car. That is a bad car oh, right there. Man. Beastly. Fucking badass. Beastly. Is well, that what, what? Is, Go. is that what they had on Porky's? Is that the Porky's car? Definitely not. Probably not a 1913, eh? Or was uh, it? I no. don't know. That's like a really old it fucking car. It was probably Cadillac. like a 50s. Yeah, you're probably right. Do you know that my grandpa made a choice? Speaking of that, I'm pretty sure this is right, Granny. You can send in an email if I'm wrong. (laughs) That uh, he was either going to get a 1953 Chevy Impala, Mm. no, Chevy Corvette. Wow. Or marry my grandma. That was the choice that was put before him. Okay. Well, I'm guessing he went with option B. (laughs) He definitely did, or else he wouldn't be looking at my pretty face right (laughs) now. Yeah, I was just about to say, I'm glad he went with that one. Me too. You are so full of shit, Jordan. Thanks, Gramps, and thanks, Granny. I'm sorry, Cody. I love Adam. (laughs) That's right, Cody. He might, but I just don't believe his decision. Yeah, I know. If it were up to me, I would take the car over the woman. Mm. What are you saying about my grandmother right now? Again, why do you God, have to... I'm not berating your grandma. 
She listens to this. And I'm she's saying not my this grandma. is my personal choice had I been given the decision. So you would take a car over my grandmother? I'm not saying over your grandmother. That, that is isn't that exactly saying. the choice yeah. that was presented? You have two options Adam's no, grandma were, or the Cadillac. If I were given a choice between a dope ass vehicle and a woman, I would take the vehicle. But the woman is my dope-ass grandma. So Adam wouldn't be here if he didn't take his grandma, George. This is unbelievable. His whole thing <laughs> this, about how much... This, this is, is all getting mixed up. This is all getting mixed up. This whole thing about how much he loves me just fell right yeah, down the toilet, see, I think. See, I figured you out, Jordan. You're I can't believe... For. Somehow I wanted to side with Jordan once. Just once on this podcast. He can't do it. He does it to himself. He pushed me right back into <laughs> Cody's loving arms. <laughs> see? Well, on one of their rides, Fred started pointing out various places on the landscape and saying, Here might be a good spot for an accident. (laughs) (laughs) I wish someone would tell me that. (laughs) Etchison knew Mary well and often visited the Price family apartment. On November 27th, the day Mary's father gave her the bonds, Charles etched out plans to join the Prices in lunch the next day and afterwards hit the theater. Lunch and a lunch and a show. Lunch and Charlie Chaplin. Let's go. Oof. The following morning at the Price household, Fred and Mary quarreled over the familiar subject of you guessed it, money. That's mm. the root of all evil. Mm. The dispute ended when Charles showed up at noon. They had a nice lunch and went to the Metropolitan Theater in Minneapolis. Wow, that's still there, ain't it? I believe the Met's still there. Holy um, shit! I swore I've heard that. before. I don't know. Fuck no. Minneapolis. If it ain't in yeah. St. Paul, we yeah. don't care. Exactly. <laughs> there they caught a matinee of The Prince of Pilsen. <laughs> Apparently it was a real corker as Mary giggled and laughed all throughout it. That's got to be hard to laugh when there's like no words or music or anything. Yeah, you just hear a ragtime <laughs> it, piano. It, it, it was a silent play. <laughs> Some letters pop up. <laughs> oh, uh, I, I'm an idiot. Why do you think it was like a silent or like a black and white silent film and not like an actual real play? I mean, because you're dumb. I know. I think I am dumb. Iowa. I think you're beautiful. Iowa. (laughs) Since the play ended so early at only five o'clock, Freddie suggested, hey, let's go ahead up St. Paul and see what their... Yeah, St. Paul. And we'll see what their department stores have to offer. Mary is a woman after my own heart. As she says, she doesn't want to risk driving in the brisk November weather. Wow. I mean, you are terrified to drive. I hate driving. <laughs> Regardless of weather. It's fucking terrible. <clears throat> but she did have her eye on some brand new drapes at Macy's God in St. Paul. damn it. So what the heck? Let's hop on over to the Hell other yeah. city. Why not? Oh, the other city? The true city, if What's you ask What's this us. book trying to say? You know. <laughs> William Trenner's an apologist. Also... R.I.P. in peace, Macy's in St. Paul. R.I.P. Good. thing's been gone for now, a long time. Now the Wild it? Practice Facility, mm. slash a Walgreens, slash a brewery. Maybe they shouldn't be selling fucking $100 t-shirts there and shit. Way too expensive. Where? Macy's. Oh, you're right. There's a nightclub community so that expensive. loves it. I really, I wanted to get some nice outfits to go with my new Jordans, right? Hmm. I went to Macy's in Burnsville. That was unbelievable how mm-hmm. shocking it was. I said, look at that sweater. It's got a dog wearing a Santa hat. That's fucking great. $98. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Macy's and Nordstrom's. Nordstrom's is bad, too. Dude, that's why you go to Nordstrom Rack. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's last season, but you know what? It's clothes that are affordable. That's all that matters. Or just be like me and go to Target. (laughs) Target Boutique. Target Boutique. (laughs) That's where this shirt I'm wearing is from. That's where that's where his druid shirt came from, I'm sure, I right? So. Yes. <laughs> On the way to St. Paul, Fred, ever the thoughtful one, stopped at the apartment to pick up Mary's beloved dog, Chum. The group then crossed the Mississippi River on the Franklin Avenue Bridge and drove south along East River Road. As they approached the steepest bluffs near the town and country club, Price stopped the automobile abruptly, saying, this car is not working right. The goddamn engine needs some adjustments. <laughs> Both Price and Etchison got out of the car, raised the hood, and began tinkering with the engine. At first, Mary stayed in the car because she thought the weather was probably too cold for her. As Price later recounted events, she soon asked, How long are we going to be here? Oh, you know, five to ten minutes. <sighs> well, I might as well exercise the dog then. <laughs> She then stepped out of the car where it sounds like she was being sexually molested, <laughs> and Chum followed her. The men continued to inspect the engine, Price recalled, until they heard the sudden cry, Fred! <laughs> <laughs> the two men ran to the edge of the bluff where they saw Mary lying at its base, moaning slightly. They scrambled down the precipice, and Price knelt by his fading wife Mary while Charles stayed a short distance away. She had no visible outward wounds, and Price told Charles to get help and call Mary's sister and Fridley. Etchison jumped up the bluff and onto the road, where he succeeded in flagging down a passing motorist. He then started up Price's caddy and headed off towards <sighs> Fridley to rouse Mary's sister. Fucking dog killed her. Lou Dye is going to be on the scene very soon. Oh, before. fuck. You don't oh, fuck with Lou shit. Dye, the Christian guy. Mmm. That's her husband, Bill. <laughs> oh, Bill. I suppose Will or Bill. Either one works. Yeah, it's all fine. Huh. The passerbys carried Mary to the street level, and after making an emergency exam, a doctor said that he could do absolutely nothing. That you're shit out of luck there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't fall off the cliff if you don't want to be all <laughs> fucked up there. Yeah, you fucking moron. Can't you shit. see that there's nothing for you to walk on out there? All right, Jordan, let's not make fun of dead people, all right? No, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will make fun of dead people all day long. <laughs> That's like the number one no-no on true crime, Jordan. Come <laughs> I on. don't know if that counts this time. <laughs> He's making fun of him. A fake idiot that walked off a cliff. <laughs> not that Mary, because we'll find out. Stop she did not. highlighting did you just spoil shit. It? God damn it! Commenting that she had not broken her neck in the fall, the doctor pointed to a huge indent fracture over three by four inches on the left side Ooh, of her skull. Fuck. Although she remained alive and unconscious, the doctor said there was no chance this was to be fatal. A few moments later, an ambulance arrived, and in spite of the doctor's objections. Fred got in the ambulance with his wife. Why would he not want to get in there with his wife? I don't know, and I don't know why the doctor objected, unless that indentation really spooked him and told him. That's a big fucking indentation. Especially for falling off a cliff where there's, like, nothing that could have done that. No. During the ride to the hospital, as she was lying unconscious and on the brink of death, Freddy kept shaking her and screaming, May God speak to me! Until the ambulance driver had to threaten to throw him out of the fucking wagon if he didn't (laughs) shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> Mary, keep it down back there. <laughs> May God speak to me. You want to get the your, fuck up. You want to get your ass thrown off a cliff too? <laughs> <laughs> I'll put a fucking three by four right. dent in your head, <laughs> right in your skull. Mary Fridley Price was dead upon reaching the hospital. Aww. Fred Price and Etchison told the examining surgeon the version that we already heard. The doctor, though, didn't understand how Mary could have died from the fall without breaking her neck, but he accepted the account given to him by the two men. Nah, none of this makes any sense. <laughs> but there's two but of you, they, so fuck it, you're fine. You both say the same thing, you, so... You guys sound very trustworthy, Yeah, so. Yeah, totally. I believe this medical professional in the early 1900s. <laughs> A police officer soon brought Mary's dog to the hospital. Chum was found not far from Mary. His hind legs were badly injured, and he had to have been shot. Oof. The policeman listened to what the men said about Mary's fall, accepted it, and walked right out of the hospital. What the fuck? Here's right. your shot dog. I'm out of here. Okay. First off, if these dudes shot the dog and broke its bones... I'm more pissed about that than from what it looks Mary. like. From what it looks like, they threw the dog off the cliff and it didn't die, so they shot it. Oh, That's what it kind of looks like. That to is me. fucking brutal. Yeah. yeah. No. Oh, fuck. I, I want a time machine so I can go back and kill these two. Yes, Charles Etchison. Just and because Freddie of Price. the dog. Yeah. Well, I'll I'll say for our poor girl as well here. <laughs> eh, humans. Mary. Yeah. So so. <laughs> Mary Fred. That's a look into the mind of Jordan. That's over there. you. You you don't want to see <laughs> too far. Misanthropy. Back up. Back up. Back up. What I've seen already is too much. So, poor listeners, <laughs> I'm sorry. Charles Etchison had brought Mary's sister Louise Die and her husband Bill Die, the Christian guy, to the hospital. <laughs> Fred repeated his story to Louise, who was definitely more skeptical than the doctors or police had been. Such is the power of in-laws that don't exactly get along. Price then showed Louise Mary's special <sighs> ring, from which the diamond was missing. Oh. Yeah, it probably fell out when she fell down the cliffs. He said that Mary's hand must have hit a rock on the way down with so much force that the diamond was knocked free from its center. Yeah, all Makes right, sense asshole. To me. <laughs> all right, asshole. Makes sense to me. <laughs> Fred also showed Louise the gloves Mary was wearing when she died. Louise noticed that... While the right one was intact, the left one had a long tear in the third finger, right where Mary always wore her ring. Oh. When Louise brought this to Price's attention, he replied with, Someday you people will try to make trouble for me about this. I believe that day will come very soon. <laughs> eh, we'll see. We're we causing see. trouble, goddammit. They're all causing trouble. They're all trying to hem him up for something he clearly didn't do. Okay, look. She fell off the cliff. The dog fell off onto a bullet. Her hand hit. Ripped went the glove flying. open. Yeah, the diamond ring went flying into my pocket. Heavens just the diamond. The, the ring's still oh, there. Yeah, yeah, the metal's not worth shit. It's, it's like Lemony Snicket's a series of unfortunate <laughs> events. This was just one fucked up day for our girl Mary. A few days later, Price took Louise's husband to the accident scene, where Di found the diamond was surprising... <gasps> If not suspicious ease. Christian power. On the evening of Mary's death, Mr. and Mrs. Dye sadly left the hospital room to return to Fridley. Price spent the night with Carrie Olson 
And as far as the police and public were concerned, <laughs> the accident happened exactly as Fred Price and Charles Etchton had said. Probably shouldn't be hanging out with your mistress right now, sir. He's got a, he's got a, he needs comfort. He just watched right. his wife fall off a bluff and her dog get shot. Yeah, her he fell dog. fell onto straight bullets. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say, her dog chased after her, fell off the bluff, and there was just a munitions plant down there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. And one of them, and there was all a fire. The time. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. I get it now. This is a big mix up, sir. A headline in the Minneapolis Journal the next day stated, Fear for pet costs her life. <laughs> the article attached to the headline said the accident occurred because of a sudden stop on the bluff, which caused the engine to stall. Her pet dog had jumped from the <laughs> automobile in which Mrs. Price and her husband were riding, and had run near the top of the cliff. Mrs. Price, fearing for her dog's life, attempted to head the dog off. She lost a footing and tumbled from the cliff to a death. That happens all the time. Mary left an estate valued at slightly more than $23,000, which at the time was a killer sum of money. Oh, yeah. Emphasis on killer. Oh. Bum, bum, bum. You did it. I'm a fucking joke writer. You are. Anybody bum, needs bum. me in a room to make like a... You could write Garfield Mediocre comments. YouTube series? You Let write, me know. You could write golf, Garfield comics, I'm pretty sure. I'm a real Mark Davis? I don't know who wrote it. I think that's the, the owner, owner of the Raiders. The Raiders. I'm that, <laughs> that goofy looking chest. Just win, baby. Whose Jim favorite Davis. restaurant is fucking uh, P.F. Chang's? P.F. Chang's he's is a, fucking delicious. He's it a, is. But he's a billionaire, isn't he? D- do you want family-style, semi-affordable Asian cuisine? Because if you do, <laughs> yes, go to fucking P.F. Chang's, Have bro. you seen Mark Davis's haircut slash face combo? It's, oh, it's uh, uh, attractive. It's bringing sexy back, I'll tell you that. Yeah, that's a word for it, Adam. He's like a, a living scarecrow. That's all I can think of. Yeah, you want to yeah. know what? Every time he blinks his eyes, $100 bills come out. So he's doing that's a true. lot better than us that's handsome true. fellows. And they all it? fall right into John Gruden's pockets. So. Right? You know what? I'm, I'm fine with how that plays out. I will continue being a sad, lonely man and not looking like fucking Mark Davis. Fair. You're not a gremlin, Jordan. You should feel good about yourself because you are probably slightly more attractive than Mark Davis is. So you congratulations. Are, we'll, go, is we'll go slightly. <laughs> why are you roasting the boy? <laughs> I'm not. I agree. He agrees. He's already a corpse. You don't need to flame him up, too, you Ladies, son of a bitch. please send lots of compliments to Jordan this week. He's going to need it. He's don't a, do that. I a, don't need your fucking pity. <laughs> Pity Jordan, please. He's a black-pilled please. loser. Tell him how beautiful he is, and you want to kiss his areolas. I will tell all of, <laughs> all of you you're full of shit. You want to lick his nipple hair clean. Tell him you want to oh, do that. There is a lot of nipple hair there. I've seen you shirtless. I know there's no. I know there's a lot of nipsel hair. Nipsel hair. Nipsel hair. <laughs> It's a weird Christmas decoration. I'm basically rocking a sweater <laughs> vest guys, of body hair. You guys ever kissed under the Nipsel hair? <laughs> Nipsel hair is here. <laughs> now at the time, Minnesota law dictated that all money goes to the survivor if there is no will made up and there are no children. Mary had neither, so our boy Freddie was in the money. Just like I he wanted. The money. In the very first week of December 1914, his wife... Barely dead in the ground, he began demanding all of the funds in Mary's savings account. He got unreasonably angry when he found out he had to first be made legally the administrator. 
and that could take up to two weeks. He ain't got that much time. He's got bitches to pay. (laughs) Carrie Olsen needs to go back to goddamn Norway or something. (laughs) On December 8th, at one of Mary's other banks, Price had better luck. They advanced him $500 pending his legal appointment. He, of course, needed the money, as him and Carrie Olsen had moved themselves into a new apartment across town. Uh, Understandable. Lovebirds moving in together. On the quest for additional financial gain, Price then sued the Minneapolis Park Board for $7,500, claiming there should have been a guardrail where Mary fell. What the fuck? Okay. (laughs) He was able to get the Park Board to indeed admit that there was only one single strand wire fence on the bluffs. However... Things got a little spicy when a member of the park board investigated the accident area and found that Mary's body was not found in a spot where a simple fall would have made her land. She would have needed extra propulsion. She weighed less than 100 pounds, so a throw would have been easy. Oof. Okay, the police literally didn't even investigate the fucking area. She f- she was chasing the dog. She Dude. fell off the block. Yeah. Come oh on, God. Cody. Maybe these... Cops should quit fucking drinking and maybe go investigate a little bit here. They were probably Irish fucks at the time. <laughs> probably. Jesus. When this was brought to the court's attention, Price abruptly dropped the trial, saying, I knew I was going to win, but I loved this city too much. <laughs> Didn't want to rob from him. Didn't want to take <laughs> that 75 What a nice fella. What a nice guy. <clears throat> After the sudden termination of the case, everyone seemed to forget the death of Mary Fridley. Everyone except her father, that is, who recruited an old friend, John P. Hoy, to Mm. look into the case. Hoy was a former ace detective who opened his own private agency after retirement. Smart man. Oh, shit. Poking around in Price's backyard, Hoy found out about Fred's other marriage, in which he had pulled a lot of snaky legal maneuvers to remove (laughs) himself from. This was, of course, the original, the one that Mary figured Mm. he was divorced from already. Right. So, if he was never officially divorced, he couldn't ever have been legally <sighs> married to our girl Mary, now oh, could he? Oh, the tables are turning. Oh, shit. On our boy Price. While all of this was being discovered, Price was granted administrator status on Mary's accounts. He immediately transferred all of her property over to his sister who lived in Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Wisconsin. <laughs> it transferred all of her accounts into his own. He then wrote a $7,000 personal note to one Charles Etchison <laughs> for his services in the last few months. That's not suspicious <laughs> at all. This whole fucking story's suspicious. No, it's not, Cody. <laughs> this is completely normal. He could have gotten away with some of this if he wouldn't have sued that park board. Right. Actually, yeah, that's a good point. Every mo- and not to say that he didn't get away with it. Who knows, oh, right? Oh, yeah, he's I innocent. Innocent to proven guilty. Uh, I didn't finish the story. Every month he would write a check to Charles for roughly eleven hundred. Meanwhile, David Fridley bided his time. Mm. Fred and Carrie Olson had been living together since the night of Mary's death, and went around calling each other husband and wife. Ah, oh, Jesus! When a nosy friend asked when they were married, Price just got all red and looked around. Carrie, being much smarter in these matters, would reply, Christmas Eve, did you forget already? To which he would reply, That's right, I got you as a Christmas present. Oh, that is cute. Oh my god. Mm. I'm I'm guessing, Jordan, you've said this to your ex-wife, right? 
No. <laughs> you never said I got you as a Christmas present? <laughs> I I did not. Oh, no wonder yeah, they got divorced. Dick. In Kansas City on July 12th, 1915, the two would go through a marriage ceremony that held no more legal water than the ceremony that was performed to wed him to Mary. Mm-hmm. While the public still considered Mary's death to be a closed case, Hoy continued to investigate all throughout 1915. When December rolled around again, he decided he had enough evidence to go before a grand jury. He took members of the grand jury to the fated cliff, and on that day, Fred Price and Charles Etchison were indicted for murder Ooh. in the first degree. How dare they <laughs> indict someone a on an accidental death? Right. Like, what? He I, didn't lay those bullets there. He didn't. This fucking grand jury was just excited to go out on a field trip and get some fresh air. Right? Right. Right. Like, hell yeah, I guess we'll indict him. Thank you for taking us here. They're going to see his wife was chasing after the ball and just jumped off the cliff. It happens all the time. She was chasing the dog. Oh, right. Whooshed right over his fucking head there. Yeah, that's fine. Ruined a good bit. The followers will get it. Jordan will not get it. That was solid. It was solid, though. I'm not smart. (laughs) Price screamed. This is persecution, not prosecution. <laughs> Upon his arrest. That's a catchy catchphrase. That's that a nice one. That is. I'm going to make signs Every of that. time you get arrested, please just start yelling this. Just do it. Just like yeah. the night when he was yelling in the uh, ambulance. Right. Please, right. God, save her. <laughs> as soon as the grand jury returned its indictment, David Fridley made his move. He asked the jury to revoke Price's executor status over Mary's affairs. <laughs> as the two were never actually married in the first place. The Fridley family did manage to recover the assets that Price didn't manage to already squander. So is there is some silver lining, I guess? A little bit. Can't they just take all the other shit back? Yeah. Like, yeah, you had no legal means to do any of this shit. Well, I'm assuming he... He's spent some of it already, so you're not going to get that bad. Yeah, restitution. The The court can order that. Maybe maybe we'll get there. Once again, been a few weeks since I looked over (laughs) this one. As the only person who was present with the couple at the time of the death, Charles Etchison obviously held a large piece of the puzzle. He was arrested in Washington, D.C. on December 2nd and set out with his wife to Minneapolis the day after. Upon reaching Chicago, he was met by Hennepin County Prosecutor and three Minneapolis policemen who were eager to get advance information back to the thirsty public. Hell yeah. The thirst is real. (laughs) Very thirsty, boys. The team questioned him for two days and two nights without getting anything out of him, other than the rehearsed story that him and Price had been telling the authorities for over a year now. After the second day, he paused dramatically and said, Gentlemen. Please give me a second to talk to my God. He then got up dramatically and walked to a corner of the room where he kneeled down and talked to God. Please give me strength to tell these brave police officers the truth. <laughs> he paused dramatically. Price got that woman. He yelled quickly. <laughs> Mrs. Etchison then fell to the floor in a dead faint. After that, it was Snitch City for Mr. Etchison. He folded like a goddamn card table, talking about how the murder was planned six weeks in advance, and the payment for the help was to be $3,500 and to be released from a $1,200 debt. Here's the problem. When when you're going to kill your wife and you get an assistant, they're always going to rat you out. Happens every single story, so... Two days and two nights, though. He held out. Yeah, that's true. See, what I'm hoping happens 
to Etchison. He gets charged with uh, accessory. Mm. And then the old tale. Snitches get stitches. I hope he gets charged with murder. Yeah. Accomplice to first degree murder. (laughs) Listen, I'm going the logical route. I like it. You're a murderer sympathizer. He's going to get the shit kicked out of him in prison for being a fucking... Ooh, prison. And it's 1915 I was prison. Say, prison was fucking rough. Go watch a Shawshank Redemption if you want an idea. Charles said he would help, although he said he refused to take an active part in the murder. The only thing his flexible conscience would allow him to do was give perjured testimony to conceal the murder from the courts. Oh. There so was, he's a real piece of shit, huh? He's uh, what we would call the worst son of a gun there ever was. Mm-hmm. And I hope he gets the electric BR'd chair. in prison with a broom handle. Oh. Battle rest, all right. Battle rest. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you're saying they hit him with broom handles until he falls asleep? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Buster he takes rhymes. a nap. He bust the rhymes all over the brew man. Break your neck, motherfucker. <laughs> Break yourself like Rocksteady Crew. Here we go. There was a weird dynamic between Etchison and Price when Price was around Etchison. It was like his little lapdog mm. responding to his beck and call. Come here, Etchison. Come here, mm-hmm. boy. But when Price wasn't around, Etchison would squeal every little secret Price had to anybody that would listen. <laughs> when Price read what Etchison had written in his statement, he responded, Etchison has made his statement... And it may look black for me, but I will release a statement in the next day or so that will make Etchison's hair stand up. I don't claim to be a saint, just an ordinary fellow, but Etchison is laying it on pretty thick under the circumstances. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Look at this smart motherfucker covering his bases. Right. The Minneapolis Journal really loved this verbal beef and allowed room for it whenever one of the two parties had some more mud to sling at each other. Etchison replied the following day, Well, I never posed as no saint either, and if Price can tell anything that will cause me more trouble than he already has, we'll let him go ahead. Ooh, he's goading him. This is the original East Coast, West Coast battle right here, boys. (laughs) This is where it all started. This is that 1915 coastal battleship, (laughs) Mm -hmm. right? DC versus TC. That's right. That's right, boys, because that's where the coast was at the time, Minnesota. Nothing existed outside of that. Mm -hmm. Louisiana Purchase? What the (laughs) fuck is that? Get out of here. Get the boat, you motherfucker. Lewis and Clark, at that point, fairy tale. You might as well be Lois and Shark, you piece of shit. (laughs) And Sacagawana, keep on walking. (laughs) I don't know what's going on anymore, fellas. It was good, though. It's a good offshoot of that story. He finished off his verbal assault by returning to his Bible to study a proverb quietly. The good news is Mrs. Etchison decided to stand by her man. Mm. Carrie Olson was tracked down by another sleuth, staying with Price's sister in Neenaw, Wisconsin. Neenaw! I've been there. You've been to Neenaw? Yep. Where is it? I mean, I should say driven through. Oh, not good enough for a stop, eh? Yeah, I Not know. good enough for I, I realized how bad that is. Then Cody made fun of a town in Wisconsin. Nina. <laughs> Nina. How's cousin fucker Iowa? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Fuck you. Why don't you go make a nipple belt with that guinea oh. asshole? <laughs> I might. So yeah, Carrie Olson shacked up in Nina. Mm. 
After she was discovered, she traveled to Minneapolis to also act incredulous at her new husband's charge. On December 14th, Price said to the journal only days before his imminent trial, I suppose I have always been a decent man. Certainly not the gorilla the prosecution is going to make me out to be. Damn. On December 29th, 1915, Mary Fridley's body was exhumed and an immediate autopsy was performed. The Fred Price trial opened on January 3rd, 1916, in the presence of a sold-out crowd. Wait, they're they're selling tickets to trials? No, it's a, it's an expression. But there was a lot of people there. Just to watch... Not the the. I'm, the why did I think you? They were watching the autopsy. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? But I get what you're saying here. The Fred Price trial opened up here. Okay, I imagine it's pretty boring in 1986. So, or ni- 1960. <laughs> I was gonna say in 1986 they had a lot of coke. I'm sure it's probably fucking boring then too. Uh, what are you talking about? I just uh, did did three rails and I have a great business idea <laughs> with Ted Nugent. The accused looked to the press and announced, Why would I be worried? I'm innocent and about to be acquitted. I'm already making plans about what I'm going to do when I get out of here. <laughs> what a baller. He knows he's he, innocent. Big dick on campus. Hey, he knows it. Freddy. That hog just fucking swinging around. He's like, <laughs> hey, fuck you guys. <laughs> Old Freddie Price Jr. It was impossible to deny that he looked nervous, though. His eyes looked as if he'd been crying for an extended period of time. It was even harder to hide his nervous demeanor, as 36 potential jurors in a row were dismissed because they already thought he was guilty. Damn. Then there was the matter of the man in the blue suit sitting in the front row, never taking his eyes off Price. David Fridley, Mary's relentless, infinitely patient father. That's fucking intimidating. Yeah, I was gonna say, you do not want to fuck with someone's dad. Nope. Unless it's my ex-wife's dad. Oh, then then we can fuck him up. Did he hurt you, Jordan? <laughs> no, he's very small, but thinks he's very large. The prosecutor opened the trial by saying, The defendant found married life burdensome, but divorced husbands get no alimony in this state. He wanted money sufficient to pay the fiddler. He murdered his wife mm. to get it. Who is the fiddler? The fiddler always gets his due. I don't know. It must be the fiddler on the green. Is he on the roof? I think so. Okay. Etchison was the state's principal witness. He said, He grabbed her and threw her right under the wire, and she flipped and fell backwards down the hill. The only noise she made was a slight frightened squeal before she hit the bottom of the cliff. After she hit the bottom, she just laid there moaning. Then Price said, We needed to get down there quick. Etchison said that Price threw Chum off the cliff, after which both men Aww. scrambled down the cliff to get to Mary. Etchison saw her turn her legs under her as she tried to move to one side, and Price straightened them before sending Etchison away for help. At that moment, I turned away, and I heard the crunch of rock against the bone, and then the woman was still. Later in the evening, after the grisly murder of his wife, Price called Charles at his hotel room and said, don't worry so much about it, Charles. There's not a jury in the world that will convict me with you as my witness. The only thing I am sorry about, though, is having to hit her with the rock. Oh, no, no good. <clears throat> he staged her fucking body like she was still alive, stirring around. He straightened her legs out before he bashed her brains oh, into the rock. That's fucking brutal. That's that is disgusting. Horrible. Yeah. 
That's for twenty three thousand dollars, roughly. Well, I mean, that was a lot, but. Well, I mean, I'll, throughout this whole story, you can tell fucking greedy this asshole is. Holy oh, yeah. shit. He's a fucking cartoon character, yeah. man. Like I said earlier, money equals the root of all evil. MC says Thank MC you, Escher. Thank you, Mr. Nihilist. Man. E equals MC squared. MC Escher. He then went and spent the night with Carrie Olson. Mm. Oh, shocker. For obvious reasons, a person cannot be convicted based on the sole evidence of an accomplice. The state had to come up with more substantial evidence, which came from Mary's exhumed body. Two doctors agreed that Mary could not have died from the fall. Both said that the violent blow caused death, and it was done with an object of a flattened or blunt character. Like a rock. Like a rock. Oh, oh, this is where Chevy got their, their slogan from. Makes sense. Poor Mary Fridley's skull. Price tried again to repeat the story he'd been going with since the beginning, but it definitely lost its luster in light of all the new evidence. He was then being endlessly cross-examined about his former wife, his former conviction, which came to light for assault, and his personal life. These were not intrinsically necessary, but in case all of this evidence wasn't enough for the jury... They wanted to paint a picture of an immoral, idiotic man. Mm, that he oh, is. they're painting a picture of me. <laughs> Do you see this man here? Think of this, then think of that guy. <laughs> immoral, idiotic man. Death. I, I sentenced you to die. <laughs> Thank you, Your Honor. <laughs> you had the bravery to do what I just couldn't not. <laughs> <laughs> the prosecutor closed with this, and I cannot make this fucking shit up. It was because she had money that her blood was splashed at the bottom of that chasm. Little Mary Fridley, poor little Mary Fridley, not attractive, undersized, yeah. less than a hundred pounds, not attractive, not voluptuous, not good-looking. Simply pure and sweet and good. The only reason he married her is because of her father. Old Dave. Stingy old Dave has some money and some property. Wow, that was right. a lot of insults what? wrapped in there. Including one doubled. Uh, yeah, I know. He's like, what? no, she's really, really not attractive, guys. Like, not she attractive. Is not attractive, I promise. No, there you. were two doubled. Not attractive. Was mentioned twice, and then undersized, less than a hundred pounds, triple, not voluptuous. I guess, I guess there is not attractive. No, two triples, <laughs> two not attractives, and a not good looking, less than a hundred pounds, yeah, undersized, and not voluptuous. Te- technically, she, he said not attractive, not attractive, and not good looking. <laughs> yeah, so, that's what I just said. For people who don't know what attractive means she was not good look this dude is just a fucking dickhead like a fucking listen asshole. i know she's dead so here's how i really feel about her like none of that she's met, not attractive you didn't need to say she's any not attractive of that. she's not good looking jesus you she's undersized less than 100 pounds oh my god and she's not voluptuous it's a burial <laughs> can you imagine if someone said this about a murdered woman especially his dad Dude. sitting in her dad sitting in the front row i know like, like if i were her dad i would hop up and be like 
Really? This is what you're going to do right now? Well, and then he made the point of insulting her father for being cheap. Yeah. Oh, Okay. (laughs) We're not the ones on trial, sir. He is, okay? Whatever happened to professional decorum? (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I'm the hotshot prosecutor. What a fucking asshole. Trying to to convict this dude that obviously... (laughs) Killed his wife. Yeah, but let me uh, talk about his not attractive, <laughs> underweight wife. Let me just fuck up. Let me just roast this poor victim. Dude. God. He oh. would, our boy, Fred Price, would be convicted and sentenced to life in prison. Forever separated from his young, sweet love, Carrie Olson. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn shame. The charges were quietly dropped against Etchison <sighs> for his cooperation. Wow. But I do believe justice was served that day. He was a real bumblebutt piece of shit. Nailed it. I can't believe he got off. That's Just fuck. Atchison. Just Atchison. Wait, I know. He still is involved. He That's was fuck. certainly 100% also a murderer. Yes. This is a prime example but, of how laws have changed since 1914 see, I think Atchison... I can see him getting off the charge because... He was in a tough spot. He, he owed, owed money, yeah. and he got more money than he owed for yep. it. Yep. Imagine if this happened, like, current day, both these fuckers would be roasted and on death row with, like, no questions asked, so... Oh, yeah. yeah and it's... the prosecutor might not yeah, have I, I just don't... made fun of the dead person I, yeah, for I no don't... reason. <laughs> I don't think that uh, that would fly. Listen, Yana, I don't need to bring this into account, but... You've already said this four times, <laughs> sir. Please sit down. Stop talking about how hideous the victim was. We're sir. all on your side that he killed his wife. Is... Why are you dragging her through the mud? She looks like a fucking dog. <laughs> it's like, what the I hell, d- man? Sounds like Nancy Grace is the prosecutor. Have you seen here. the beak on this chick? <laughs> Just like... Jesus, sir. Uh, I, I, I don't know why, but that is it's that's more up. infuriating it's than the dude up. who killed his wife yep. for monetary gain. Yeah. Different time. So yeah, there we are. That's the story of the convenient cliff. That's Our poor beautiful. Mary Fridley Price paid paid the fiddler. Yeah. Whatever that means. This is uh I really like this story, you know. Oh, yeah. Like we were just saying earlier, I love dumb criminals. Bumble Perfect, sir, yeah. But this is like dumb criminals, dumb prosecutor, dumb cops, dumb everybody, except for her father. It, it's, it, reading stuff like this makes me believe that people, we are more evolved than people were in 1915. <laughs> yeah, I think yes. it's pretty obvious. <laughs> it's gross how much better we are, but still we have a long way it's to go. It's amazing how we get a general knowledge of science. <laughs> right. That, that and, changes everything. Oh, you mean witchcraft. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean the... D- Bill Die is not going to stand for this science no. horse shit. Fucking <laughs> Bill Die, the Christian guy. guy. God, 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 God. Well, gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed it. You both already said you did, so that was one of my episodes. So uh, we'll see what happens next week. Might be me again. Might be Cody again. Might be Jordan again. Mm. Nobody knows. Who knows what it'll it's be about? Roulette, it's certainly not me. Table. We'll find out. That's right, kids. All right. Well. uh... Everybody, I want you to uh, I want you to lay back right now, and I want you to get in touch with us. I want you to email us, mm-hmm. bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com. Do you have something you want us to sell? Do you have a product or service 
that you want our silky smooth voices mm. over. We'd love that. Let us know. Anything. We'll exchange money for whatever promotion promotion jordan mm. look at that three guys at a table we're like a writing room jordan picked up the slack where i fell he's got a little mr price in him so Over you can do that at bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com what's that adam bumblebuttpodcast at gmail.com follow us on twitter at bumblebuttpod i mostly just post about episodes but i will respond to you i'll talk to anybody that wants to talk to me and uh, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Bumblebutt Podcast. Mm-hmm. Instagram is our main chicken at the moment. Oh yeah, yeah. Come have a talk with me. Go talk to Cody. He's a good. He's a good fella. I pop up on there too. I like mm-hmm. everything mostly. Bumble Adam and JJ Fox. You can talk to them as well. JJ Fox MN. No, it's oh, just JJ Fox. Now I have got egg on my face. Mm-hmm. Just J dot J dot Fox. Dot, man, dot not attractive man. Dot I not didn't even know my own Instagram handle. <laughs> I think you should just change your bio to what that prosecutor said right there. Just <laughs> leave much. it there. <laughs> Perfect. It was like Jordan Fox. Poor little Jordan Fox. <laughs> not attractive. I'm going to change this one. Oversized. More than 100 pounds. Not attractive. Overly voluptuous. Yeah. Not good looking. Simply pure. And sweet, but not good. <laughs> the only reason he was ever married is because of his father, James. <laughs> Stingy old James. That's a funny effect. A- I love it. You're going to be an influent- influencer in no time. Absolutely. Oh, fucking great. <laughs> so Can I stop uh, doing construction? <laughs> no, never. Oh, shit. You are social media influencer plus mm-hmm. stonemason forever mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. You made your bed. Now it's time for the most important part of the show, at least as far as Cody's concerned. We didn't get any writtens this week, but we did get two five stars, uh, two separate five stars, so thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you, but it would have been even better had you written something. I'm turning over a new Because leaf. the box is literally right below it. You're accepting the five star reviews? I'm not going to say Yell bad words about them anymore, but instead pretend... You can hear how gritted my teeth are when I say, thank Maybe you. you should just say thank you and start spitting everywhere like, while you're doing it. You. All you have to do is go down a little bit and just hit a button like this and submit. If Jordan can do it, you can do it, goddamn. Jordan's a fucking idiot. It's very true. And we might have a surprise for you if you do write us a review that you're going to learn about. On our Wednesday show. That's right. So stay tuned for Between the Bumbles on Wednesday, and we will see you for another episode of the Bumblebutt Podcast, our main show, our beautiful show, our lovely show, Mm. next Sunday. Stay tuned. Stay hungry. Stay focused. Stay hydrated. Stay fueled. Revive. Get a good night's sleep. Stay beautiful. Have a good weekend. Unless it's Tuesday. Don't like it. You can put your lips where the Levi's go. Who is this chick? Oh my gosh, I swear she wears her hair again.